Lori here, and welcome to the Awakening Moments podcast. Grab a cup of tea and let's spend some time together. My co-host Rhonda and I are ordained ministers working together at Life Center Church. We are leaders, wives, moms, and longtime friends. In this podcast, we hope to share some meaningful moments from our lives, everything from lessons we've learned the hard way or how to rise up in the midst of obstacles and insecurities. We will encourage you to take risks and remind you that you are deeply loved and completely worthy. Let's awaken life's most amazing moments together. Hi, Rhonda. Hi, Laura. How you doing? I'm great. Yeah. Have you seen the signups for Heart Conference? Uh, I can't even believe it. It. I. I think we have like just maybe a hundred tickets, a little more than a hundred tickets left. Oh. It's insane. It's like four months away. I am so excited. Oh honestly. my gosh. As we're doing all of our planning meetings, I can't even take it. Like I just can't even believe that we're already four months away, but that it's already almost sold out and we're just really believing God to do something amazing. And I feel in my own life that God's going to do something fresh because from last heart conference to this, like I, it was really a milestone for me what God did in my life. So I'm expecting the same thing. Absolutely. I think it's so cool as we've been planning that, you know, we're putting together all these different creative ideas. God's kind of inspiring different unique ways to present the heart of what it is that we really sense about seeking after God. And all the ideas are the same. They're the same. I know. Like God's speaking separately to all these different people, both like members of our team, but also volunteers that are just, and he's, he's telling, downloading the same message to everybody. I know. I feel like I wish we had a camera at our last meeting because how all of us had the same idea and we're all looking at each other like, what? The same idea, some of the same songs, the same feel. Yeah. So that's really a God thing. Yeah. You know, like, you know, God is speaking a message, a message that needs to go, a message that we all need, a message that Mm -hmm. we need to break through in. And so anyways, I'm so excited. So honestly, like if you don't have your tickets, you need to get your tickets. You do not want to miss this weekend. I don't know what it is about Heart Conference. I really don't. It's like this intangible thing, but you need to be there. Ladies who are listening, you need to be there. It, it's, I don't know. I can't even, I, I can't even understand it. I know. It's like last year when we were a part of it, we kept saying there's something in the air and we knew it was the Holy Spirit, but we could just sense like God transforming all of us. And I know that speaking well for myself, but even being a part of it and leading it, God really did something supernatural in my life. And we're not just promoting this just for an event. We really, I can look back and say, God actually changed and broke things off in my life. And we pushed through different barriers and it was so profound. All of, I don't think there was one person that was there that was just saying, they all were saying the same thing. God is doing something. I don't even know what he's doing, but I sense how deep and profound it is. And that's exactly how I felt. And looking back, God has really done something remarkable. Yeah. I can't wait for what he's going to do yeah. this year and what yeah. he's already doing, but yeah. it really is special. March 6th and 7th, 2020 Woo-hoo. coming up. We're so, so excited. Well, so excited. You know, as I think about planning for Heart Conference last year, you know, and I and I think a great topic for us today would be just to talk about fear. Because if I reflect back 
on even, you know, this dream that I had in my heart and um, taking the leap to plan something like this. Um, you know, it may look from the outside that it was just an easy flip decision that's like, hey, this would be fun. Let's do this. And and from the outside, my personality does look like that's how I live my life. Hey, this sounds fun. Let's do this. <laughs> but there was something about planning our conference that there was something so vulnerable about it for me personally, because there was a, such a big dream of my heart to do something like this. I had kind of envisioned or imagined it for, I I don't even know how long, a long, long, long time, more than 10 years, uh, maybe more than 15 years. I just could see it. I could imagine it. It was in the in the future somehow, or maybe even maybe even never going to happen. I don't know. Maybe it was just a, a, an imagination. I don't know. But I, it's like I could see it, and I remember sitting down and needing. So I knew I was going to do it. I mean, we're going to do a, a women's conference in 2019. I knew we were going to do it. You know, I had friends that were running conferences. Like this is it, it, in the natural. This isn't really a big deal. But there was something that was like literally a block. There was a barrier to actually putting a date on the calendar. And I and it sounds so strange, but to actually have to choose a date made it very, very real. And I remember waffling and flip-flopping. I remember sitting down as a team and we planned out our entire calendar year. And um, this was, you know, a, a year previous to when we wanted to have the conference. And like I was afraid to say when, and so I remember in that meeting saying, "Yeah, we're gonna have a hard con- we're gonna have you know um no, I didn't know the name we're gonna have a women's conference. I'm not sure when it's gonna be. I'm thinking maybe the fall, maybe the spring. I'm not sure yet. You know, let's see how the year plans out. And but it was like there was something preventing me from actually putting a date on the paper. And bottom line, it was fear. I was actually afraid that well, first of all, no one was gonna come. I mm-hmm. legit, I was afraid no one was going to come. We'd never done a paid event before um, in, in this kind of way. Um, we'd never done like a paid conference. As long as I'd been at Life Center, other than like a training weekend, we'd never really charged for something. That was a huge barrier for me. Um, but I knew to pull off the type of event we wanted that we would have to charge because there would be a tremendous cost to even putting an event like that on. So I was afraid of that. And then I was afraid that I wouldn't get any support from the team because the team is already so busy. And But I knew I couldn't pull it off by myself because there's just so many elements to it that I literally don't have knowledge of. And you, you can't do it all yourself. And I was afraid, like I was literally afraid that nobody was going to be able to support me and nobody was going to be able to just come alongside and help make it happen. Um, I knew that we'd have like women volunteers and I knew there was lots of women championing the idea. They were so excited about it. But I didn't know if I'd have the right people that would be able to help me make it happen. And I was just so scared. But literally say choosing a date, writing it on a piece of paper and saying it out loud. I can't even tell you what a what a breakthrough that was, but I was terrified. Isn't that strange? Laurie, that is unbelievable. Looking at the event now, but actually I remember you saying that in our staff meeting after our staff meeting and you just saying, I'm just afraid to put this on the calendar. Like I, I'm literally, I could hear you. You were actually verbalizing. This is hard for me. 
it's not even something that was just in your head with a few of us close girls. You were just saying, this is hard for me. And, uh, when we were around you supporting, you're like, I can't believe you guys are willing to do this. I remember you actually saying those words. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it was, it, it surprised me in the most beautiful way all the way along, just how many players played such a significant role in making it happen. Like I wasn't afraid like that you, for example, weren't going to be supportive or, you know, want to look, come alongside. I knew that you'd be so excited to do this together. Like it wasn't that, but it was just like some of the other, you know, uh, some of the men on the team, like I just didn't know if they would grab hold or be like excited and want it because everyone's really busy. Everybody has a lot on their plate already. And this was over and above. I mean, for us to put on heart conference, it seems like, oh, you guys work at the church. You know, this is your job. No, we actually do heart conference on top of the responsibilities that we have. Like it's, it's our volunteer work, all of us, because we don't like every day, our 40 plus hours a week are covered with what takes place on a week to week basis. Like we were, our plates are full. So to ask that and for people to have a heart for that and be excited about that. You know, I remember just some of our team, even some of the men saying like, I am so excited about this. I I cannot wait. I'll do anything it takes. And I was like in tears, like just why would you do that? Thank you. Like, wow. Like just so honored. But the, the, um, I remember the opening day and walking in there, um, in the room and, uh, you know, the host had opened up the night and what you just described a minute ago, that atmosphere, like there, we hadn't even sang a note. And there was such an atmosphere of expectancy. I remember women walking in, like looking around at how we had set up things and our swag bags and all the fun stuff that we, you know, and they were like, wow, this is legit. Like, wow, you guys <laughs> were like, I know we're actually pulling we're off actually this. We're actually so proud. We're like, look at us. Incredible, incredible you, event, you know, and this incredible weekend. But what God did really blew my mind beyond any amount of planning, beyond anything that I could have imagined. I knew it was going to be good, even just from what we had planned. But what we, what you never know is what God is going to do supernaturally in the space. And that part, I, there, there's no words to describe from that first moment, even as women just lifted their voices, like something broke in the atmosphere. And there was just such an atmosphere of transformation that took place and the testimonies that came out and the healing and the incredible encounters with God and beautiful, beautiful times, you know, with, with girlfriends and just in the spirit of God, like it was, it was, it was amazing. It was so amazing. And it's hard to put into words, Yeah, but it's so neat to hear you just be so open about how it was so difficult for you to break through that barrier. Yeah. Because it's true. Like when you look on the outside, no one would know that. No. And when you show up at a conference like that, you're like, wow, this is amazing. But all of the working through emotionally to put on something like that, like you're putting yourself out. Everyone buying a ticket. Thank you. Like it's supporting, but... For you, Laura, you are really putting yourself out there, really. When you're owning it, the budget, you're presenting it, you're thinking, I'm putting all this together. Is it going to work? And the sleepless nights, how many had crazy dreams on our team? (laughs) (laughs) The nightmares. nightmares. It was nightmares. (laughs) That's when you know it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But really, all of that building up to it because you put so much of your heart, but it also 
brings out, like we've said so many things in life, some of the greatest moments also have the tension of what you have to work through on the negative side, the triggers that it brings to of fear, insecurities, the trust, like, is this really going to happen? God, did you really give me this vision? Is this really going to unfold? And really up until the conference there, it was like with the last couple weeks or last week, it went crazy, the ticket sales. Right, But it wasn't right. like we had no. months and months of like, oh, we've got all these tickets. No, so it really was. no. I remember us, we had that, we had a board and every time someone bought a ticket, we changed the number on the board and every... I think it was 25 tickets that we sold. We had a dance party. Every yeah. 25 tickets we celebrated because at literally every single ticket was so meaningful to us. And we we're probably a month out from the conference and maybe had about 250 of like what was about like 700 tickets that we had available sold. And so I remember just sitting down with the team and saying, well, you know what? For our first conference, if we have 250, 300 people, like we'll we're gonna we're gonna bring everything we have. However many people are in that room, we're gonna bring it all. And you know, secretly hoping for five hundred. Yeah. There was like a, a you know a secret like dream or goal or you know hope. But if it wasn't for our first one, you know, was gonna celebrate whatever it was. And yeah, you're right. In the last about three two weeks. Like, I think we sold 300 tickets in the last two weeks. It, and then there was pandemonium. Then it sold out completely and people were panicked and they were just like, I need to get a ticket. You have to get me in. And we're like, well, we don't have any seats left. Like, it's full. Like, and we were all standing. All of our volunteers gave up their seats. Like, it was, all of us were like, yeah, taking yeah, seats. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, so that that was crazy. But I think that the icing on the cake of the whole experience was literally, um, you know, I was going to teach a session and was prepared oh, to yeah, teach a session awesome. and you were going to teach a session too. And, and we were super excited about being able to minister in that way. And, um, you know, we'd flown a guest speaker in from the States, one that I had really, really wanted to have. I dreamed of having an author, Margaret Feinberg, and it was amazing, loved. She's an incredible teacher. And um, I remember her sending me a text message on the day of the conference is starting on the Friday. She texts me at like two in the afternoon. Um, yeah, I missed my flight. And so I won't be there tonight. She's going to open the conference, you know, this incredible speaker. I didn't know how many people were coming for her. I, I just like, I was like, oh, I was like, wow. Okay. So, you know, it, it's just one of those things. So what did you do? Like when you initially, <laughs> how did you feel? Well, it was really interesting because that morning I had taken, I'd gotten up really early in the morning and I had taken several hours with the Lord that morning and just preparing my heart for the whole weekend. Um, you know, going over my message and just spending time with God. And I remember about lunchtime, about noon um, that day, I, I was like going to head to the church to get ready for, for the evening. And um, I just remember feeling I'm ready. Like I'm ready for this weekend. Like I felt spiritually ready. I felt prepared. I knew that it was going to be so crazy intense as soon as I, you know, and all the things you have to do at the end. So I wanted to be prepared. So I was ready. Do you know what I mean? I just, I had felt ready and prepared and I felt spiritually like just ready to do whatever it was and be, be used by God in whatever way that he, he saw fit. So when I got the text there, there was this part of me that wasn't surprised, which was weird because, you know, her flight was close anyway. She was coming in quite tight to the, to the start time. 
And I had this like twinge thought, imagine if she didn't make it, but I never dwelled on that thought. (laughs) I just kind of let that thought come in and go out. So when I got the text, I was just like nodding my head, like, no, this kid, like, okay. But I, I felt like this is how it was probably supposed to be. And I would have never said that for myself. I would have never put myself as the opening speaker, you know, of my first con- I just wouldn't have. I just would have never done that. Um, so I just felt like, wow, okay, like you, like God is asking me to step into a place of leading and pastoring this movement that, you know, we sense that that God is asking us to do. And so it, it, it was fine. It was, it was great, actually. It was great. And it was such an honor to step into that moment. But hilarious and terrifying and like just such a testament to all that God had done kind of in my heart through it all. Because really today I kind of want to talk about like, you know, you don't need courage if you're not afraid. And all through the scriptures, we see God saying, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. Why does he say do not fear? Because people are afraid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you don't say do not fear unless you're afraid, unless you have fear. And you just see it over and over. Have courage, have courage. Do not fear, do not fear. And I think, you know, there's this, sometimes in, in Christian circles, there's this there's this idea that we're not supposed to have fear, that somehow to have fear is sinful or to have fear is means we're not trusting God. But in order to have courage, we, we have to have fear. Mm. And, you know, for me, the Heart Conference is probably just one of the most recent examples, but I think we just have to do it afraid. I think we have to do the things we're afraid of anyways, you know? And I think that's fear should not be something that stops us or holds us back, but that we can have fear and still do it. And that's kind of what I want to dig into today. So just out of curiosity, like what would be some things that you fear you're afraid of, or you've been afraid of to step in and maybe done it anyway? I love that. You know, it is really true. Like we keep talking about tensions because it is fear and courage working together. It's all those things. Always. It's never, it's never that you let go of one completely and embrace the other. It really is always in life, these two tensions, emotions, but you are choosing to really give a holy exchange to say, okay, God, you take my fear and I'm trusting you to give me courage. You're going to, I'm trusting, yeah. even though I don't feel it or yeah. see it, that as I take each step, what I need is going to be there, but it's every step is filled with new fear. Right. It, it's, it never goes away. And every time we've said this, no matter what we're asked to do, we feel we keep seeing God extend in large capacity and large territory. I ask us to take a new step. The same fear is there. It's not like we've overcome fear. I love that. All of a sudden we're like, okay, this is another holy exchange. I have to give this fear and trust God, but it's still working together with courage, all intermix, like it's all intermixed together. So I, I think I've learned to embrace that even insecurity, fear, all of those things that you're like, I'm not going to get rid of it, but I can choose to not go in my feelings, but choose in this moment to trust that God has already opened the door. He's going to give me what I need. And even if I walk through it and I'm learning through it, I won't be a master of it. It's exactly what I need at this time. So anyway, all of that, I think for fear, I've taken, I've taken many risks in my life, in careers, in uh, changing locations, doing radical quick moves, really feeling a whisper of God and taking a plunge. And for me, 
they haven't been as fearful. It's actually been a little exciting. I love change in okay. that way. I kind of embrace something like a risk. I enjoy that. Okay. Um, it's not without thought and prayer, but I, I have enjoy that in my life. I've gone scared, but there's always been a little bit of excitement too with those things. Where I feel fear like deeply impacts me and becomes like a, a barrier for me is authenticity. So even this podcast is a huge step for me. Right. And those who know me would not know that. Like you're saying when yeah. the conference, you look like you had this all together. You're talking about it. People are thinking, oh, this is amazing. This is so natural for Lori, not knowing the internal <laughs> dialogue. Totally. And the fear you're having yeah. to work through. This podcast would be one recent example. I remember when you asked, do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, I am so private. I am very private. I am, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but I am the master of really bringing everyone's own, like making it all about other people when I'm around them and deferring anything personal about myself. I love that you're sharing that. Oh my goodness. Good for you. It's very hard. It's very hard for me to be honest with some of the negative emotion positive that's that's not fearful but when I have to be authentic and I'm being honest here you got to be you got to choose your authenticity too I'm not going to share the deepest of deep with just anybody you got to be careful with that but even when I have done that with someone like yourself or other ones that are very close to my you know to my heart my really close circle of girlfriends when I've been extremely honest unfiltered I literally have to wrestle after it comes out of my mouth with this feeling of failure, the feeling of how are they going to see me? How they could going to perceive me? Do they think I'm not maybe as much of a woman of God or a leader as I profess to be? Like I have to struggle with so much internal dialogue when I open up my heart to the negative, authentic, raw feelings. Um, that's very difficult, very difficult. And I'm trying to even be authentic, you know, in my everyday conversations with people that, that really comfortable place to be like, Oh, I'm not doing as great today. You know, I'm overwhelmed a little bit or just at that level. Even that is hard for me. Right. But going to that whole other level with close people in my life, even with Jay at times to not suppress negative emotions and kind of just not deal with them and override it with doing things I can control, whether it be tasks, whether it be whatever, maybe we all can cover up emotion. Well, I can cover up emotion. I shouldn't speak for everyone, but for myself, suppress that. It actually takes, it's a very fearful for me, for me to lean into the negative feelings and to be honest about it and to verbalize it. I can think it, but to verbalize it is hard. So that would be where fear would be a barrier for me and probably has been a stronghold. It has been a stronghold. Um, but I feel like a stronghold is broken when you acknowledge it, you bring it to prayer. I've gone through deliverance ministry as well. Those who are not familiar with that, that's a very powerful thing. When you profess those things out loud, have someone pray those things through with you. I have done that recently. And I can say that, and I'm not just saying this just because it's heart conference. I believe heart conference to even um, going through deliverance ministry shortly after that in ministry saying like, I want to be free in ministry. I recognize as a minister, even though I'm a pastor, I deal with things like everyone else. I want to continually have a pure heart. I don't want to have strongholds because things can creep up and I can actually 
be hindered in ministry, hindered in my life like everybody else, but I want to be free. So after heart conference, I kind of recognized that there were some things emotionally that I had suppressed through, you know, journey in just different journeys in the recent years that I just needed to bring to the forefront. And I think that allowed me to just kind of, kind of uncap what God's now been doing in layers. And so that would be where fear manifests in my life. Wow, that's really powerful. Can you talk a little bit about the difference? Like what like you use the word stronghold. What 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 does that mean? Like what is the difference between maybe having fear and doing something afraid and having a stronghold? How, how, what would you say is the difference of that or what what is a stronghold? How would you how would you describe that? I think you, well, I'm going to I'm going to describe the best that I can what I've experienced. So fear when I'm able to kind of push through it and kind of be like, okay, I'm able to move through it and take that step, I, I feel like it's probably not a stronghold in my life. But when it's something that I keep hitting a barrier in and backing away from, I feel like that's a stronghold. Okay. So emotionally, when I know I felt something and I just push it down and I recognize that it's something I probably need to deal with, but I just don't work through it. I just push it down. Right. And it stops me. I don't actually move through it. I believe that's a, that's actually the simplest way I can describe in my own life. So emotionally, we're be where those strongholds have been. Right. That I just suppress it. You hit a wall. It, hit a wall. You? How about yeah. You? Yeah. No, that's really good. That's really, I, I love that. Um, yeah. I have so many, so many different thoughts kind of running through my head. I, you know, I think I can really identify with what you're saying about, you know, the the talking about or the authenticity part of connecting with the negative emotions, the difficult emotions, the, um, you know, the 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 hard things that we go through in life, or even just the hard things that we're processing in our own life. Maybe it's not even something that happened to us, but just like the the, the internal struggles, whether that's insecurities, whether that's just dealing with um, intimacy in relationships and closeness or intimacy with God, or I can, I can relate to that because I, I sometimes feel like I have this picture in my mind that um, my heart I, I'm I'm very connected to kind of like the top half of my heart and in the top half of my heart is all the good stuff in life. And so when you initially have a conversation with me, that's what's going to bubble out of my mouth. And it's genuine. It, mm-hmm. It's real. It's not mm-hmm. it's not um, it's not a facade or fake. It's uh, for whatever reason, all the good parts of my life kind of live at the top of my heart. And but under that, is all the world of turmoil and stress and um, fear and insecurity and pain, trauma, all of that stuff lives under kind of this world of joy and gratitude and all of the, all of the kind of good things. And for me, like I, it's not that I am unwilling to talk about that. It's just that I'm not super connected with that part of my life. It's like it's underneath all the good parts and the good parts come out first. And so you actually have to spend a lot of time with me and you actually have to kind of mine for what's happening under all the things you're excited about and thankful for. Um, I'm going to tie that back to fear for a minute. So fear for me I would say, if I'm really honest, that I live afraid. 
But fear is not a barrier for me. I actually find fear thrilling, which is Mm. a weird thing to say. So for a long time, I would have said, oh, I'm not really afraid of anything. No, it's not that I'm not afraid of anything. I think I'm afraid to do everything in a way, but I find fear thrilling, absolutely thrilling. There's nothing about fear that makes me not want to do it. In fact, fear is kind of a motivator. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm really afraid of this. Okay. I have to do it. (laughs) I don't care if I look stupid. I don't care if I fail. I don't care if I like starting a podcast. Like who does that? I like, who just says one day, Hey, let's start a podcast. And then like people don't understand what's involved. It's, it's like no joke. There's a lot of, and I had to learn ever, like I didn't know one thing about, and I still really don't. I mean, even today we were having major technical difficulties (laughs) and we, we have no idea yeah, what we're like, we don't know, but we just figure it out. Like I just keep at it until I find a way. And so there's this kind of determination, I think as part of my personality and I kind of love it. Now there is sometimes that, that fear does stop me or hold me back for sure. Like you're saying, but fear is a bit of a motivator for me, which is weird. And I don't know if that's just part of my like brain reframing, you know, Mm. fear and being able to like use it to my advantage. But yeah, like I, I think I live afraid, but I don't think it's the stronghold of fear because it doesn't stop me. So I like that description that you used in that you know it's a stronghold when it actually prevents you from doing the things either you want to do, you dream of doing, or especially you feel like God is asking you to do. If you feel like God is asking you to do something or to step out in a certain way, and you let fear stop you from doing that, you probably have a stronghold of fear, which means that there's fear has gripped you in a way that it's controlling you. And I would say that um, I probably do have some parts similarly to you in like that intimacy space in that, that, um, that really raw, vulnerable space. It's not comfortable for me at all. And I, I do tend to avoid that, but if someone will take the time, whether that's Jason, uh, my husband, sitting down and having deep conversations, whether that's a good girlfriend, like a great girlfriend, um, and they'll mine for that, I, I'm willing to talk about it. It's not an unwillingness. It's just that it doesn't live in the forefront of my mind. I've got a lot of other exciting things that I'd rather talk about. <laughs> Yeah. and kind of put those things out first. <laughs> totally. I love how you describe the heart because I was like, oh, can I take that too? It's true. Yeah. It's not being ungenuine. Like you're not being no. insincere when you're like, oh, my life is so wonderful. Like I'm filled with joy. I mean, not every day. But no, no, no. But really, the gratitude, gratitude of like, It's yeah. the top half that does bubble out. Like you're not being fake. It really is legitimate mm-hmm. what you think about the first thing in yeah. your day. I'm not thinking about the negative emotions on a regular basis, but you're right. It is a disconnect. It's like the wire. I have to intentionally connect that wire. And that is not something I like to connect. It's easier to stay disconnected from that and to keep it under the surface. But God, that's exactly where our fear, when we're talking about that emotion, we have to move into that. Now, Laura, those that are listening, what would you say, how would they, to break through stronghold, what would be the practical steps to break through a stronghold of fear? How would you walk someone through that? I think that, um, you know, I love this idea of doing it afraid. 
I, lo- I love that idea. Um, now, again, that may sound super simplistic. And for someone who just says, well, I can't, <laughs> mm-hmm. then, uh, then I would say, okay, then you probably need to do some spiritual work. Um, because I, I believe that. I do believe that, yeah, there's some things that we believe that we can't do. Um, so I believe in that case, like we have to do some spiritual work and we have to find out why, why can't you do this? What is standing in the way? I saw this incredible quote, um, just recently from Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Carolyn Leaf. And it said, I can't is a decision. Oh, that's good. And so if you think about it like that, and I actually believe that's true. I can't is a decision you made. I think I'm going to use that with my children. When they say, I can't can't do that chore. Oh, I can't is a decision. Right? That is a powerful, when you just think about that, that is a powerful, powerful phrase because it is a choice that you're making to choose that and to choose to not move forward and to have an excuse. You're choosing that. Yeah. And and again, we're not trying to say that in a trite way um, that would diminish the genuine fear that you have. Let's say you actually have a fear of driving and I've met people that are afraid mm-hmm. to drive. They're, yes. they're literally afraid to drive. They're afraid to get their license. They're afraid to drive. And you're literally afraid. That fear is very, very real. So, so saying I can't, you know, is a decision doesn't diminish the very realness of that fear. But just imagine for a second, just imagine for a second if you made the decision to say, I'm going to do it anyways. Just just reframe that decision. So I can't, and so you don't. But what if you just flipped that and said, like, I'm afraid, but I'm going to do it anyways, and made that as a decision? It could actually alter the course of your life. Mm. Um, but again, if there's something, a barrier, a wall that you're hitting, and you just keep hitting that wall, and you keep hitting that wall, you know, I would really encourage you to do some work around what what's connected to that. And I guarantee you, if you, you know, if you sit down with somebody who you trust or you sit down with someone, you know, from a prayer team or, you know, seek out some freedom ministry, um, I guarantee you that there's a connection between probably something that happened to you at some point in your life and a root of fear grabbed a hold of your heart. And that root of fear is now controlling you instead of you uh, controlling it. And so um, I think that you have to go back to that place. I think you have to figure out what, where that root of fear came in. I think when a root of fear comes in our life, usually often in childhood, um, I think that what happens is that um, that fear manifests in many, many, many different ways. So it may not even be connected to the original wound itself of where that root of fear came in. But then as that fear is expressed in your life, it can show up in so many different ways. I'm afraid to look stupid. I'm afraid to fail. I'm afraid to drive. I'm afraid to, you know, it, it could be really practical things. It could be really deep things. It could be insecurity based. But if that fear is literally a wall, a barrier, then yeah, I would really encourage you to do some work. Um, in your experience, Rhonda, what are like some of the ways that you've seen God set you free or set others free from fear? Like what are some of the options? So again, um, I think God can move in so many different ways and it looks so different for, for everyone. But what are some of the ways that you've seen people get set free from fear? Well, I think very practical things, like you said, Lori, like for some people, 
just to like share out loud on a microphone. I have a, a leader that I am so proud of and I am just really has inspired me as I've watched his journey. But I remember the first time we met and I'm using this as like a person that I deal closely with. And this leader just said, you know, I really want to be a part of the prayer team and I want to pray out loud and I want to lead the team, but I'm scared. Like I'm scared. I'm actually physically like so afraid to speak out loud, like to actually share publicly. And I've watched this leader little by little take one step at a time to put themselves in a position to kind of like, push themselves to take the next little baby step. It wasn't going from, I am paralyzed by this to now I'm, you know, hosting on a Sunday morning. It didn't, it wasn't this leap, but it was this little thing to all of a sudden share at like a leadership night, just with his leaders. Then the next time was to share at the guest services meeting. Now I'm watching this leader pray, do pre-service prayer for our team, give a devotional. And for me to have known this was a great fear, but recognized it and said, like you said, I'm going to not going to let this stop me. And I'm going to now start professing. And I believe also, as you were talking about strongholds, there is power in profession. I love that. Isn't it true? Like I remember him saying, but I'm going to do it. I can't do this yet, but this is what I'm going to do. I want to move to this. He had a vision of where he wants. And this is just still half. I almost feel like this is just still the beginning of what he sees in his heart to be able to pray at the altars with people on his own and wow. to lead in prayer. That is his heart. But literally started professing, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move through this fear and kind of made it accountable. It's one thing to think it. It's another thing to say to somebody and then to say it to one of your leaders to say, like, I want to do this. So there is power in profession. So even those strongholds, you may be feeling like things are just holding you back. I love that you said, imagine if you just said, I'm going to do it anyway. Imagine if you just said, I'm going to do this anyway. And you didn't just say it out loud. You said it to somebody. I'm going to speak this to you because this is what I need to do. And I want you to hold me accountable. And every time that comes out of your mouth, I can't do this, or I'm so afraid you switch those words and wow. the power of profession. So that would be a simple example of what I've seen in my own life. Like I said, the podcast, you know, I've often said, you know, I've been working through <laughs> being more open in life groups. And I know we're in a life group together. And I love that you're always the first one to ask me the question. <laughs> Rhonda, what would you think about that? And I'm like, Lori, oh. I really got to like share my heart on the last one. Every I'm like, oh, time. every time. But now I'm trying to volunteer myself. Yes, sometimes you're doing a bit great. Sooner, a bit sooner. But even this podcast to think that some of the things I've even shared on the podcast after we've even done the podcast, I don't know how many times in my mind I've gone back and said, in my own mind, maybe I should text Lori and say, let's redo that. Or maybe that was too open. I've literally had to battle. Wow. But I've chosen to say no, even if I've overshared to my own For yourself. Comfort, yep. It's something I have to do and I have to push through it. But it literally has been one step at a time. It, it hasn't gone from, from our first podcast to probably what I'm starting to share more and more. I, f I feel like it's a journey, wow. but even this leader to myself, it may look different. Yeah. You know, I'm comfortable to share in front of a big crowd. That's right. not an issue. Yes. But to one-on-one -on -one share something very personal and private. Oh my goodness. That's way more uncomfortable for me. And wow. so I think once again, don't compare what your baby step is 
because when they're looking at you and I or looking at other leaders, they may say, oh, this is so silly. How can I even be afraid of this? You don't, it doesn't matter what that barrier is. A barrier is a barrier and we all have to move through it. So from that leader who's moved from desiring to lead prayer to now doing pre-service prayer for a team to myself saying I need to be more authentic now being from I want to be authentic sharing in a life group to now sharing in a podcast it started with a life group it started there it started with a close circle of friends well it started with Jay but it started it's kind of moved to different places I've had to press through so first off don't compare yourself to anyone else and what that baby step looks like or what your baby step is some can take a bigger leap you may just have to start with that little step. The fact that you've taken that next step is what we're talking about. doesn't matter how big. It matters that you take the next step. And watch what comes out of your mouth. What are you professing? Are you constantly saying, oh, I'm so afraid to do this, or thinking that? Start to speak the opposite words. Start to speak life and real, like just breaking through that barrier and profession. That is, that's, that's so, so profound. And I actually think it starts even before the profession, but mm. even don't allow that thought mm, yes. to dwell, right? Don't dwell on that thought in your mind as your mind is saying, I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid. Like don't allow it. Don't allow yourself to dwell on that thought. You've got to actually, you know, capture that thought and then replace it, you know, with, okay, I am afraid, but I'm going to do it anyways. And then dwell on that, mm -hmm. dwell on it, visualize yourself doing it. Like let your, let you, literally let your mind become the prophetic, you know, the, prof so the prophetic good. word for what's going to take place in your life. Um, you know, a couple of other ways that I've seen people get free from strongholds. Um, I think fear, I might even say that fear is the number one stronghold, like that people you know, struggle with. I, I think fear, it, well, it affects every single human. Absolutely. Like it does. It does. Even if someone says, I'm not afraid of anything. We're all afraid of something. There's, there's fear in everyone. Not everybody has a stronghold of fear, but everybody has fear in some way, shape or form. And, and really there's a part of fear that's actually healthy, right? Yes. Fear is a protective instinct. Like it's, it's actually meant to keep us safe. Like that's, it's not all bad. But I've seen people get free um, just simply by repenting, just simply by saying, God, like, I am so sorry that I have allowed fear to rule my life. I want to replace that fear with the truth of what you've called me to be, or I want to replace that fear with obedience. I actually want obedience to rule fear in my life. And, and, I, and I repent for that. I'm sorry for where I've allowed fear to rule my life. Repentance is a powerful it is. tool of freedom. And I think mm. sometimes for some people, they can get free from fear just by repenting. I think confession is super important too. And it's one thing to uh, confess to God alone, but it is another thing to say it out loud to another human because all of a sudden it comes out into the light and we do become accountable for continuing to take steps and moving forward in that. You know, I've also seen people get free just by being a part of a worship service, literally that they might not even realize how much that fear is ruling them. And then all of a sudden, just in the middle of worship, maybe with, you know, hands open or a heart, an open heart, all of a sudden God touches them and they're able to do something they weren't able to do before. Like that's a supernatural transformation and God can do that in a moment and so the freedom journey looks very different for everybody. 
And I tend to uh, do it all. (laughs) I tend to actually do all of those things in my effort to be and to stay free um, because I don't want anything. I don't want any kind of natural thing in this world to hinder what it is that God is asking me to do. I just, oh, I just don't want that. And so uh, those are, I think, some of the ways that, and, and you can have someone pray for you. I think that's that's another really practical one too, is just to ask someone to pray for you and, and pray with them. But yeah, that confession and that renouncing and that repentance like those are those are really powerful, powerful ways that we just exercise our own authority in Christ. Because the bottom line is that where fear is, fear is a way of thinking. It's happening up in our mind. It's that's where the fear exists. It exists in our mind. And so we really do have to allow our minds to be renewed so that we can be transformed and transform our thinking and change our thinking and really have a revelation that we are a child of God and that fear yes. doesn't have a place to rule us. Um, you know, if fear, if fear can motivate you or if fear can protect you, that's okay, but it should not rule you. It should not rule your decisions. It should not rule your future. It should not rule, you know, kind of how you make decisions in your life. Um, it's not, it's not never meant to, to do that. I love that. And, you know, I, I just want to say, even on this podcast, I am so grateful for the men and women I'm surrounded by. And I think that's so important to who you're, who you're like influenced by in a close circle, not just through TV or listening to, but really hands on. And I think of like all the amazing women that are part of my life, men that are part of my life that I look up to and admire as well, like just surrounded by a beautiful community that I'm rooted in that really do show me how to continue to press in because really you could be surrounded by people that enable you to stay in those places, but you want to be surrounded by people that you see and you're inspired by to say, I want to be able to do that too. I always joke that I ride on your coattails. (laughs) You always laugh and I'm always like, Lori's doing it. I'm doing it too. I'm going to go. But really we all need that in our lives. Women that are moving forward. And I'm speaking to women specifically because of our podcast and how passionate we are about Heart Conference. And I think that's exactly where that comes to. We have a passion for to say it's not okay for just a few of us to be moving forward and, you know, really moving through all these things. We want all of us to be this together. And these are those moments that we can come together and be inspired and be just together to be sharpened and motivated to say, let's not stay where we are, but let's take that next step. And what is that next step? Let's take our next steps, you know? And so that's what I love about my life. And I want to say thank you to Laura, because to you, Lori, because I am so grateful for you in my life and how you continually push me forward in different ways, emotionally to kind of continue to be authentic and to take those big steps. But even speaking, I think of even Pastor Jay, who's given me opportunities to preach and different things that are really still so scary for me, but are lifting a lid to say, I want you to move through into this different avenue. Life group areas where I'm asked those hard questions and I feel that freedom to share and I'm with people that I really deeply admire. And so in that, some of you may be alone. That's why I love life groups. I love areas that we are just can be inspired by because we may not have that in our families. To be honest, totally. some of us may not have, mm-hmm. you know, the Christian influences or maybe yeah. our circle, our social circle. It's just a really toxic or negative environment or a work area. We need those other spaces to be able to flesh that out. So I am really grateful. That's intentional. Yeah. Those are things we can intentionally put ourselves into 
Uh, and so heart conference is one of those things. I'm not just doing that as a plug. I mean that because that is, Oh, totally. It's so It's beautiful. an awakening environment. It is exactly yeah. those environments yeah. that we really are intentional to put those in those anyways. Yeah. I just wanted to kind of add that to it too, that, that we yeah. do need those environments as well to grow. Uh, like I, I literally have been truly so proud of you just watching you embrace this journey of vulnerability genuinely. Like it's, it's so beautiful. You have no idea. And every time that you, um, take that risk to share something that's very personal to you that you're either currently walking in or have just walked through, like it really is so inspiring. You have no idea how actually inspiring it is. And it actually gives other people permission to be able to, uh, go to that place in their own life. So like, thank you just for leaning into that and the power of leaning into those very, very uncomfortable moments. It's, it's powerful beyond what you even realize. So I, I'm just honestly like just watching this beauty emerge from you. And obviously you're beautiful in every way and you know, you're so life-giving and encouraging and that's just the way that you are. But that other depth, that depth of the sorrow in your life is also beautiful. There's such a beauty in it and I just love it. I just absolutely love it. So, you know, thank you so much for, for leaning into that space. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were talking about, you know, taking the step to speak and all of that, you know, talk about terrifying experiences. I don't remember specifically the very first time I ever preached, you know, in front of our entire church. Um, but what I do remember is that, you know, the first time that I did it, and then probably at least the 10 times after that, <laughs> over the next several years, um, you know, I, I remember getting off the stage and thinking and saying, I am so terrible at this. I should never, ever, ever step foot on a stage again and speak. And, and actually debating whether I'm just not, I'm just not cut out, cut out for that. And it's not that today I think I'm this amazing speaker. In fact, I still battle with those same thoughts. Every time I step off a stage, I still battle with man, I, I don't, and I don't say this for like, I, I don't need, I don't need anybody to say you're so good. It's not that it's, it's internal. It's a personal internal thing that I still need God to heal. And, um, that I still need to just ground myself in who I am in Christ, um, regardless of, you know, how awesome I, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I got blah, not regardless of all of that. But, you know, talking about fear, you know, it's, it's, it is that, um, that kind of vulnerability hangover that you get when you put yourself out there Mm -hmm. and then after you just have immediate regret. (laughs) Sharing remorse. Like you're literally like, oh, like what, what I am not good at that. I, I am just, I'm just not good enough at that. Even Mm -hmm. if it was adequate, even if somebody could get a decent takeaway from it, I am just not good enough at that. I should stop. Those are the thoughts that run through my head. And yet I just put myself out there and do it again and again and again and again. But honestly, like that's the battle. That's That's what's happening. That's the real Like I do not ever step off a stage and I'm like, Ooh, 
that was awesome. <laughs> I like I, I rocked oh, that. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, it's, but it is what but it that's is. the heart of it. That's, that's exactly the heart of it. I, I think as you're growing, you never stop growing and the average, like the experiences just keep growing and you're pushed greater and the, whatever it may be, you have to, it's about the battle inside yeah. and pushing yeah. through that discomfort and then choosing to put yourself again in discomfort. It's so uncomfortable yeah. and to lean into that over and over. That's real courage. Yes. It's leaning into that discomfort. Yes. And so we just encourage everyone listening, whatever that is, just, Keep leaning in, keep yep. taking that next step and uh, trusting that God is going to continually show you his faithful love yep. and to trust him and to know who you are in Christ. And yeah. it helps you to know who you are in Christ because yeah. he faithfully always, he just gives you the strength yeah. that you need, but it is uncomfortable. And it's so true. It and is. listen, if you literally, you know, you put yourself out there and you do something that you've never done before, or you do something again and again and again, but every time you just, you still have that thought or that feeling like, I am terrible at this. I should not be doing this. Like I, you know what? If, if you feel like God has asked you to do it, just do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you feel that sometimes we think those disqualifying thoughts mean we actually shouldn't be doing it, yeah. but they don't always mean that they really mm -hmm. don't always mean that. Now I do think we have to really be in tune with what we feel, what we really believe that God is asking us to do. Cause I think we can push an agenda that we're never meant to, that's we're good. never meant That's to true. step into. And mm -hmm. so there is a difference there um, when we're pushing something that we were never meant. We really weren't. It's about something else. It has a different motivation. But if you believe that God has um, put you in a position to be able to do something or given you the opportunity and you feel like it's something he wants you to do, even if you feel inadequate after, even if you feel like, you know, you're not the best person for the job, even if you feel like keep putting yourself out there mm. because every single time I know for Rhonda and I, even after a podcast, we say, was that good? Like, was that okay? <laughs> should we post that? Should we put, like, should we Do put we that out there? Sense? Was there any depth? Every <laughs> time we were like, and then I listen back to them as you know, we're doing the editing and all that. And I listen back and I'm like, it, it was, it was really good. Like I, I actually was touched by, you know, what, what we shared and, and what, what kind of came out of the conversation. So, so again, you, 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 there has to be grace for yourself, um, you know, but you have to do it anyway. I think the message of this podcast is do it anyway, do it, do, it, do it anyway. So anyways, so in all of that, we, we really, really, um, encourage every single person that if there is fear, uh, holding you back, you take some of the steps that we talked about today and um, you can be free from that. You don't have to live like that. You don't yes. have to live in the bondage of fear. You don't have to live with a stronghold of fear. You don't have to live um, let, having fear preventing you or fear making decisions for you. You don't have to live like that. You can have fear and you can do it anyways. And so we just encourage you from the bottom of our hearts to just step out and do that thing you're afraid to do. And as we get ready to close, I want to ask you one more kind of just fun question. Okay. Is there anything kind of in life like that you're afraid of, like just funny things that you're, that you are either phobic about or oh, afraid of or phobic? yes. what, what, like, well, what are you afraid of? I don't know how much of? time we have. There's a funny story, but I don't know if <laughs> you it's go ahead. Yeah, okay. yeah, of course. I am deathly, deathly afraid of dead mice. <laughs> what? Okay. I know That's it's so really weird. random. So alive, my li live mice are fine. 
well, yeah, I don't want them in my house or anything, no, but I'm not but afraid to capture a live mouse. I wouldn't fine. jump on a, a chair and scream or anything. Okay, like that. No, okay, I would okay. try to catch it and let it go. Okay. Dead mice? I, I don't know what it is. Okay, well, I know what it is. I have a pool. Okay. And probably about, two, I don't know, three years ago, whatever, I put my hand in the skimmer okay. to clean it out. And usually Jay does that. I don't <laughs> usually do that because when you put your hand in the skimmer, the water like you is... Just, did you just like scoop with your hand? Well, I was trying to get the basket. You oh, know, the basket. basket yeah, with all the yeah, bugs and yeah, stuff in it. Yeah. But the water, are, I don't yeah, know. Are, swirling, yeah, swirling. You can't yeah. really see. And there were leaves no. in it. Yeah, so yeah. I reach in only to realize I've touched probably like three or four dead field mice. No. So when I pulled up the basket, I actually had a few dead mice in my... I just honestly dropped the basket and just started screaming and running. That's I, disgusting. Yeah, Jay was laughing because he didn't know why I was screaming and running. I literally, like something came over me of like pure panic. And from that moment, I, I don't know. And then I, I don't know, okay. So our church is near a ravine where we work. So there are little mice. That <laughs> There's get mice in. in the church all the time. <laughs> okay. So somehow this story got out. So the guy, uh, one of our staff members that takes care of all the maintenance and helps would start sending me pictures of the dead mice in all the traps traps (laughs) in my text messages, like actual pictures. So I'd be like freaking out. So long story short, one day I come into my office, I open my office door and what's on the floor? A dead mouse in my office. (laughs) Only to find out a staff member, I won't say who... Because there may be like they, people at church may not like him for doing this, so I'm not going to say who. Protection. Put it in my office. Found a dead mouse in the church and knew that I had this phobia. Gross. Put it in my office. So what'd you do? I just started screaming. <laughs> I went instantly red. I got like hot flash. Could hardly breathe. Oh my! Ran God. out of the office. Oh my god! They were videoing me doing this. I know. I know. You had a full blown panic attack. Full blown. <laughs> So then I'm standing like way at the like other side of the room and I'm like, okay, to the staff member, Somebody. you need to go take care of this. I have a hospital visit. I need my keys in my office. I'm actually You can't so, even walk into no, your office. Can't even. So he, this person said, Oh, don't worry about it. I've taken care of it. I go in, open the door. He put the keys beside the dead mouse on the floor. Oh <laughs> I know. My is anyone else feeling my pain? That okay. is so funny. I, I'm I, sorry. I think that's hilarious. Oh, Lord. It was on video, like the beginning part. It was like, honestly, when people have said, they're like, that was so funny. I literally. You're like, no, that no. is not funny. No. So like, I, I'm tortured with oh my. Oh my gosh. I don't know if anyone else has experienced this with. I feel like I'm living with my brothers in this building. Do you ever scare your children? No, because I hate to be scared. But okay. do you, Lori? I scare my kids. You scare them? And since they were little, I've always <laughs> scared my kids. Isn't that so bad? I don't know what Actually, it is. I can picture you doing it laughing. Like, like, my brother used to... So, my brother and I used to have bedrooms in the basement of our house. And he used to... He went to bed before me. He was much younger than me. And he would wait for me to come down. No. And he would scare me in the like the most terrifying ways a- anyways but I told you I like to be afraid isn't that that's so weird I could I find it very thrilling like when I have a nightmare and I'm being chased all night in a, in a dream when I wake up in the morning I am like energized like oh I love it goodness. like it's like I want to live that in my real life like I want to be chased I oh. know it's so weird I just have this like thrill with fear so anyways oh maybe that's why I scare people so my kids like even when they were little I would scare them so bad that they would start crying oh <laughs> and 
then I would feel bad because I'd be like, wow, too far, Lori, too far. Isn't okay, that? That is funny. Don't judge me, listeners. Don't okay. judge me. But I I okay, literally, that. I know. I, but I've scared them to the point of, of actually like making them so terrified they start crying. Like, And I videoed them doing it too. Like I've, I, like I, one time I scared my Lori, daughter. Oh my goodness. I know. One time I hid in the bathroom behind the shower curtain. <gasps> And then my daughter just like comes in, do do do, like happy as anything. And I just like whipped the shower curtain and scared her. And I had the camera on. She starts, she fell to the floor and started bawling. <laughs> she was terrified. And she was like, Mommy, why did you do that to me? <laughs> She's like seven years old. Like, what? I must be sick. What is wrong with me? Oh my goodness. But you probably love to be scared. Well, I don't love to be scared. I scare super you can, easy. You, they try to scare you around here. They too. scare me all the time. But I, I'm not fun to scare because I, I get scared. Startled, you could just say boo to me right now and I'd, I'd scream because I, I scare super easy. I'm like always a little hyper. So I'm always okay, on, on that, that edge. So Isn't that funny? Isn't that so funny? Okay, that is funny. Yeah. Yeah. That is so funny. Those are funny. I can't stories. really think of a fear. One time um, when we were in our early twenties, we went, Jay and I went on um, the, a ride at a, at a oh, I know amusement this. park, mm-hmm. um, the sky flyer where you get like pulled up, you know, by a cable and then just dropped from the cable and I remember like I didn't want Jay to go on it because I was actually afraid he was going to die I don't know why I, I'm not really uh, like fearful of those things but I just I was terrified that he was going to die and I just didn't want him to die and we didn't have any kids at this time so I was like well if you're going on it I'm going with you so <laughs> at least if the cable you know let's go we can both die together this was a le- legit my thinking like what I even as I think back but I it was real that's how I thought yeah. so I was like okay I'm going to go on it with you well, that was the dumbest thing in my life. I didn't have a fear of heights before that, but now I actually have a fear of heights. It gave me a fear of heights. Oh like I couldn't talk for about two hours after. I remember were you, you there? Were you no, there? No, but you told me about it. Oh, no, I, I wasn't. thought you were there. Okay. No. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't speak. I was traumatized. Actually, legit traumatized, and I, I couldn't speak for about two hours. Like nobody oh could talk goodness. to me. I was traumatized. So we went up there. We got to the top. I started crying. I was crying at the top and I was like, don't, please don't, don't pull the cable. Just let them, let us down. Please don't pull it. And of course, like we were, there was three of us. The guy pulls the cable. We go and like, I almost passed out. Like, you know, when you lose your breath, you're so afraid. Like I couldn't breathe. So I just, I held my breath the whole time. And then as soon as I got my breath back, I blood curdling screamed for the entire for for the rest of the swinging time must have been very unenjoyable for the two guys I was with but yeah so I kind of have a fear of heights now so if I see like bungee jumping or I see something on tv I want to vomit like I actually am like oh oh I can't I can't take it scary yeah so I would never bungee jump or skydive or anything like that I could just oh my goodness those are funny stories so funny so funny so funny so all right. Well, I think Loved that's it. it for today. Loved it. Yeah. So don't let fear stand in your way. That's Be afraid, right. but do it anyways. Yeah. And we want to remind you that there is more in you. And you are worthy of love. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Awakening Moments podcast today. Like or subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Lori Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. May you be awakened to the moments that matter the most.